seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill him every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill him? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started stopping If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, okay. Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So, guess what is next Sunday? Um. Oh, oh Valentine's Day. Yes, it is the 14th. And guess what this episode's about? Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Darn it. I was so close. It's about Valentine's Day. Because, like, what goes more hand-in-hand hand than Valentine's Day and murder? That's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, you know, love or if a spouse dies, it's almost always the other spouse. Uh-huh. So love, murder, marriage, it's all interconnected. He said love in air quotes, by the way. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. You're supposed to ask me how I'm doing. I did. You said good. Oh, did I? Yeah, see, you, you don't even listen. You're just like, boom. Re That's the problem with that question because we're so conditioned to just say good to it. We don't even fully register it's been asked anymore. I know, it's true. It really is. If you're going to ask me again, I was just going to say good anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There you All go. right. So this episode's like a little different. It's almost like a whodunit. Okay. But... I feel like it might be clear who done it. We'll see. <laughs> it's very exciting, though. It's going to be like one of those, like a crime drama, and every episode is a new murderer, and you just have to pay attention to who the most famous guest star is that episode to be like, oh, it's probably that guy who I've like seen on a bunch of other shows who's the murderer. <laughs> exactly, or like in Scooby-Doo, it's just like yeah. the most obvious. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. It takes place in Georgia, by the way, and we're going to start with a woman named Stacy. So she works as a head administrator for a large medical and surgical practice in Georgia, and uh, she makes very good money. Okay? Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. She's married to a guy named Richard. And he was actually her patient when she met him. They fell in love, got married. Okay? <laughs> Richard does not make good money. <laughs> he's, uh, uh, yeah, so he doesn't make good money. But he's, like, a super nice guy, a hot air balloon enthusiast. Isn't that a cool? Okay, so he has good qualities. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> he... He's also a Boy Scout troop leader. He's like described as just like a really nice guy who you can always call. Like one of those people who if you call, they'll come okay. help out. He is Stacy's fifth husband. And she did not murder any of those four before him. It was all divorce. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so they, Stacy has three kids all with previous husbands. Okay. But Richard pretty much adopted these kids, and they're all a family. They're happy. They've been married a few years now. The previous relationships lasted between, like, 
two weeks and two years. So they're all pretty short, like my relationship's longer than that. But Richard, he's the longest one, he's great. But lately they've been kind of in a funk and there's been some stress in the relationship because Stacy's parents hurt, they're old and they need help and they moved in with Stacy and Richard along with the kids. So Stacy and Richard, they've been in a funk and Stacy was like, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up, let's do something romantic. Let's meet in this secluded park and we can exchange Valentine's Day gifts and cards there because at their house was the kids and the parents and she just wanted to do something romantic, you know? Mm-hmm. Try to vouge up the relationship, you know? Okay. Keep it spicy. Yeah. Uh, how, how many years were they into it at this point? About three years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... Richard's like, yeah, that's a great idea. It's not weird at all. You want to meet in a secluded park to exchange Valentine's Day gifts. Totally normal. So on Valentine's Day, Stacy texts Richard and she's like, hey, I'm stuck at work. I'm running a little behind. Like, I'll meet you there. And then when she arrives at the park, she finds Richard's truck still on and the door's open. And she's like, hmm, that's weird. And she goes up to the truck, and there on the ground next to the driver's side door is Richard, covered in bullet holes. Completely dead. So he's been shot twice in the abdomen, once to the chest, and two to his face. She immediately calls the police, and they come. And the police are like, this is weird. It's not a robbery. He has his wallet, his wedding ring. The truck is there with the keys in it. There's $40 in the console. So the police do their police thing and they look around. And this, where they parked, it's like um, a mud parking lot, like dirt. But it has had recently rained, so it was all mud. And they see Richard's truck prints, the prints to Stacy's Ford Explorer, and then a third car track prints. And they can tell it had been Richard who came and parked. A second car had arrived before, but then left after Richard came. And then Stacy's car came last. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the police take Stacy in for questioning. And she is immediately like, look, I have to tell you something. You're going to find it out. I have been cheating on Richard for years. (laughs) And she has been cheating on him with this guy named Juan, Juan Reyes, and he was previously divorced, he had kids, and Stacy got him a job in her office as a surgical assistant, but he had no medical experience. He was also living in one of Stacy's rental properties so she owned a bunch of rental properties as investment income because she made good money he was living in one of these rent free she was paying for the utilities so he was like she was his sugar mama pretty much that's the dream yeah so the police are like okay so he probably killed richard because she was trying to get their relationship back on track and he was worried about losing all right Right? And, like, if this was a normal podcast, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Juan. 
but it's not a normal podcast. It's about women. So we're going to skip the whole investigation into Juan, because who cares? He didn't do it. <laughs> he has a... Um, what's it called? Alibi. So the police are pretty much back to ground zero. They're like, okay, our main suspect did not do it. He's good. So let's go back to the scene of the crime and look at these tire tracks. And they go and they do their forensic cop stuff and they're able to determine that the third tire tracks match the a certain brand of, not brand, it's Goodyear tires, but like a certain Goodyear tire. Okay. But that's like a super popular brand and it's one of the most used tires. So that was not helpful. And then they get a tip from an IT guy at Stacy's company. And they're like, hey, I noticed something weird. I was going through Stacy's old like emails and um, just backing them up and doing IT stuff and I noticed she was missing like three days worth of emails, which is weird because she gets hundreds of emails a day. So the cops get a warrant to look at her emails and also the IT guys were able to get the deleted emails so they can see those as well. <laughs> guys, if you delete stuff, learn how to do it right. So they noticed there's some weird emails between Stacy and her bank where she made like large transactions of moving money from her account into an account of a woman named Lenitra Ross. It turns out Lenitra works for Stacy, like Stacy's her supervisor. And Miss Ross is also renting a house from Stacy. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So so this is not only someone who works beneath her, but someone who she's renting to. Yes. So the cops go to Miss Ross and they're like, why did she give you all this money? It's like 10 grand. And it was two transactions range and it almost came out to exactly 10,000. So Lenitra's like, oh, it was repairs for the house that I'm renting. She was paying me to fix it. Because that's what you do when you rent out in properties. Naturally. Yeah. So while all this is going on, Stacy's cousin Connie comes out and she's like, Hey, so Stacy was supposed to sell our grandparents' car. It was a Chevy Impala. And she promised to sell it so that we could use the money towards our grandparents' medical expenses. The grandparents who were living with Stacy. But the weird thing is, the Impala disappeared. Stacy said she sold it, but no money ever went to the grandparents' medical expenses. And then also, after she said she sold it, the car like showed up again at her house and then disappeared again. And Connie was like, it's weird. It's something's going on like you need to look into this so <laughs> they do and you'll never guess where they find this impala miss ross's house <gasps> what <laughs> okay so they're like okay that's weird while we're gonna you know do our forensic thing with the tires and see if they match 
We're also going to look at the phone records for a cell tower next to the park where Richard was shot. So to do that, it's called a tower dump, and they pretty much get all the phone records of every number that pinged on that cell tower for a certain amount of time. Right. It's a lot, like a lot of phone numbers. So to cut it down, they try to match it to either anything in Richard's phone, like all the numbers he has saved, the ones that Lenitra Ross has saved, and the ones that Stacy has saved. And they find one that matches a number saved in Stacy's phone under the name Mr. Results. What do you think's going on? It sounds like she hired a hitman. Really? Because Mr. Results, right? Yeah. He's a personal trainer. Oh. Is he also a hitman? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Hold on. Okay. So, it's saved in Stacy's number, and it was calling Lenitra Ross's number when it pinged the cell tower. So this personal trainer, Mr. Results, is actually a guy who holds personal training sessions at Stacy's office. And the police came to the same conclusion as you. They're like, this sounds like a murder for hire. It's kind of weird. And so they put everything together and it comes to, they have, well, let me think of how to say this. So putting everything together, they bring the three in. They're like, okay, but we have to plan this so that they can't tip each other off or anything, you know? Right. So they do this huge sting operation where they bring all three in at the same time and then start questioning them. This is three months after the murder. Eventually, Stacy confesses and she says that Richard was molesting her kids and she had to do something. Uh, she said this because the death penalty was on the table at the time in Georgia. And she was like, I was molested as a kid. I couldn't let my kids go through that. Divorce wasn't enough. Like, he still could have hurt them. So I had to do this. But then the kids come out and they're like, that's not even true. Like, we loved Richard. He pretty much adopted us. He was an amazing father. He was our troop leader. He was pretty much the stay-at-home dad because he didn't work. And Stacy's like, well, I thought that he was molesting him. And that's, like, why she says she did it. Was I clear this was a murder for hire? I mean, it seems... It, it was, yeah. Okay, yeah so yeah. Stacy says that how this all came to be was that she was having a meal with Lenitra one day and she was talking about like how she thought Richard was molesting her kids and all this stuff she was in and what she was dealing with because she had been molested as a kid and Lenitra was like Lenitra was like don't worry I know this guy turns out Mr. Results was the father of Lenitra's kid and they had an on again off again relationship 
and she knew he did side jobs to get extra income and she was like yeah he's totally done this before it's fine and so Lenitra set up a meeting between Stacy and Mr. Results and they discussed money and Mr. Results was like I want 10,000 in cash and I'll kill a man and Stacy was like done and then she so she gave Mr. Results the 10,000 and then she gave Lenitra the house that she was living in for rental income got it and then Stacy came up with the whole plan she was like I found this park we're gonna make it look like a robbery turns out Mr. Results messed everything up by forgetting to make it look like a robbery and also shooting Richard six times was supposed to be once to the head. Well, uh, close. I know. Well, that's what you get for $10,000. It's true. Okay. So, Stacy later came out and was like, okay, I actually had him killed because I was worried about losing my kids in a divorce because he's the stay-at-home father and I'm working all the time and all this stuff. And... Also, there was a life insurance policy for $500,000. So, I mean, there's like a lot of different reasons she could have done this. Take your yeah. pick of why, you know. Well, that was a long one, but yeah, happy Valentine's Day. See, true love does exist. <laughs> um, sure. Oh, wait, I didn't even I didn't even tell you her conviction, did I? No. Uh, so all three of them got life in prison without parole. Good. Yeah. Seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. So. What was the the middle the middle woman the the friend? Lenitra. Lenitra. I, I, if she had gotten less than life in prison, I would have been like, okay, she was just a facilitator. But whatever. I mean, yeah. that, you know, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't fight against that. Yeah. I mean, she did. She was like in with the whole thing. Like she. They went to the park beforehand for a trial run, and Lenitra came, and yeah, so and she didn't do anything to stop it. Or I guess I'm I'm just not as concerned with her because she didn't pull the trigger or or um, mastermind. mastermind the entire yeah. murder. She, you know, I mean, fine. Not that again, not complaining. She got life in prison. You know, screw her too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's kind of yeah. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that when you were say how she kept changing her reasoning she was like oh well like you know i thought my kids were being molested and i got molested so that's why i had to kill him it's like mm -hmm. you know it's that that joke cool, cool motive still murder like you still killed the dude i did find out some of her childhood there wasn't like a lot but it, she seemed to have a normal child childhood her dad died at a young age and she was just raised with her mom mm -hmm. And I didn't read anything about her mom, like, having multiple men over or anything, so. Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah. she, could have, she could have been fishing there. How, or, she, yeah, who knows, but. How odd, though, to be successful and, I mean, why? So successful. Yeah, like, why, why? Like, multiple income, like, investments in properties and. Yeah, like, you're, you're living the life. You could have just divorced them and. You, you, I sort of understand that she was mildly concerned about potentially losing her kids to, to Richard. But one, she's the biological mother. Two, custody courts 
favor women overall. Yeah, and she's and she has the money. Yeah, like there's no like she would have won that hands down. Mm-hmm. I, I think she just wanted Richard like out of her life and like didn't want to think about him or have him come back or just have to deal with him. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, imagine being so rich you consider murder before a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> And I think she got a deal. I mean, okay. So the house that she gave Lenitra and the 10000 it came out to like a little bit over 100000 total. Yeah. I know. Houses in Georgia, man. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So $100,000 for somebody's life. Yeah. I got got to say, though, that's at least a decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard cases of people being um hired to kill for a lot less than that yeah that's true like all over the dark web but yeah and and even beyond just actual hired hits people have lost their lives for a lot less than that so you know at least at least he commanded a good price i know and that's only like what one fifth of the life insurance policy yeah which that's what's kind of fascinating to me because if if the hitman mr results knew that he should have asked for a lot more money he probably didn't know yeah, but ten grand. I mean, also, how sloppy can you? I thought he did it, did this before. Like, how was he not a cop before? That must have been okay, a lie. So I think it was a lie. He did have a previous arrest record, but it wasn't anything like violent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Total, total lie. Because to shoot him six times, do not steal anything. So yeah, he probably shot him, freaked out, kept shooting him, and then was like, "Oh my gosh!" and just like bailed. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh, and like just. Yeah, took off out of there. Yeah, so then uh, when he was leaving, he called Lenitra to tell her it was done, and then she te- texted Stacy Happy Valentine's Day to let Stacy know it was okay to go meet oh, Richard. And that's when the phone pinged. Right. Bad move on their part. If you go commit any crime... Don't bring your phone. Do not bring your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like number one. Like, Yeah. Especially don't take pictures or... Our phones are some of the most sophisticated surveillance devices ever made. Like they track our movements, our behaviors. Oh yeah. Don't don't take it with you anywhere. You don't want to be you anywhere you wouldn't want to be eventually like traced to. Don't bring it. Mm-hmm. But also don't do anything illegal. Well, well yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like that that should be like step one. Don't do anything <laughs> illegal. Step two. If you have to. Yeah, if you have to. <laughs> Don't bring your phone. Yeah. But there was, sorry, the reason I asked how long they were together when she started getting um, mm-hmm. these... So b- about three years, yeah. Yeah, is because... Have, have you heard of like the seven-year itch? I have. Yeah, it was, it was a famous movie that, that Marilyn Monroe was in, but it's also just this... I fin- did not know it was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. Uh, I've never seen the movie, but it was a movie that Marilyn Mon- Monroe starred in. But the movie aside, it's it's like kind of like... A, it's a saying. It's a thing that supposedly happens where at the seven-year mark, people who are married start to you kind of fall into a rut and you start to look at other people a little more You're like oh what if i just supposedly that's you know the itch you have to like step but, out but once you reach eight years it's all good right yes and it's all good it's just <laughs> boom back to roses but uh so i i did some a little bit of research into this it both is and it and is not a thing one it can happen but two it's at the four-year mark rather than the seven-year mark. Really? 
So there is what is called like the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. for newlyweds and new relationships in general. But even for newlyweds, you get that nice little bump again. Mm-hmm. And that's all well and good and it's great and you're newly married and it's fantastic. But, you know, four years into it, maybe you haven't fully sorted out how you, how you resolve conflicts in the relationship. So all of this stuff is now kind of coming to a head. Mm-hmm. But there are supposedly some, there are some evolutionary psychological theories about why this, this is also the case. So from, a, from an evolutionary perspective, around the four-year mark is when you kind of maybe have a kid by then. And around that age, they start to become a lot more independent and you don't require both parents to take care of them anymore. Like with a baby, you can't have one parent getting food, taking care of the baby simultaneously. Right. At least, you know, not in modern, in modern civilization, yes, but before. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, but apparently there was less overall pressure to keep humans together around you know past this age for the child Uh which is why you see some deviation interesting and it could be because there just wasn't that pressure to keep humans together yeah right because yeah before that time when when the infant is far more or the toddler or the baby is far more vulnerable if parents were splitting off you know those people were dying so they weren't propagating their genes so it's selected for people who stayed together for at least long enough for the kids and now okay the kids walking talking probably can like walk alongside mm-hmm. the parents and and not gather com- food and stuff yeah not completely helpless right yeah so it is an interesting thought that because one you, you see it sort of play out with with marriages where that's when things kind of come to a, a head but like anything else that is taking the result and trying to derive possible explanations Gen- for it yeah you know, like it, a generalization right like yeah. we, we can't fully test this we're just sort of theorizing as to how it may have happened yeah but yeah uh, also some research um done by a researcher named kulu in 2014 said that divorce rates rise after marriage and then obviously and then peak at about five years and then they steadily decline as years together increase so happy valentine's day (laughs) so if you're married for more than five years congrats you're probably over like the hump oh my gosh i've been with kobe five years so we have that whole marriage thing to look forward to yeah that's exciting and then it's all downhill do you think functionally or do you think emotionally it'll feel different to be married I feel like we're already an old married couple (laughs) yeah we have pretty much the chores down we we have like great communication I don't know like we're just we're sliding by happy as clams (laughs) Are clams especially happy animals? I don't know. It's a saying, Gabe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So the seven-year itch should be really be called the four or five-year itch since mm-hmm. that is the peak of divorce rates. So if you're out there and you're not at the five-year mark yet, good luck. And uh, if you're over the five-year mark, still good luck. But you're probably in the clear and have hopefully worked out some of these issues by now. Yeah. Hopefully. On a happier note, you want to hear her story? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. So, you know this is about Valentine's Day. Right. You know it's about a woman. Yeah. Just make a wild guess here. Like, what? Um, Do you want a hint? 
what I'm, I'm gonna is it the woman who invented the heart chocolate gift no am i close <laughs> kind of i mean like how can you go wrong with like... <laughs> okay is, is it is it a woman who invented uh like box chocolate as a gift item darn it okay um oh sorry you can't see me no <laughs> <laughs> did she invent she, she didn't invent the shape of the heart wait did she invent the shape of the heart no, but that's actually a good one. What? Who? What is that? Well, I the actually the read of, about you, that. What did you but read? no, we're going. We're going too far. No. So you have not reached it yet. Do you want to keep guessing? No. Go ahead and tell me. Okay. So, what do you give with like every Valentine's Day gift? Flowers and chocolate. You're missing like the main one. Come a on. card. Yes, a card. <laughs> Like when you're a kid, you you always give out little cards to all your classmates. Right, which seems so odd. It's supposed to be a romantic holiday, but yeah, they make you like give regular like happy Valentine's Day cards to all of your classmates. It's been commercialized. I, I would rather just ha not have kids celebrate it than make them just like give candy and cards to everyone. You don't like getting candies and cards? As an adult, I could just buy candy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. But these are kids. Their parents can just buy them candy. It's fun, Gabe. It's fun. I don't know. Sounds okay. kind of weird. No, you're weird. Okay. <laughs> so this woman is named Esther Howland. She was born in 1828 in Massachusetts. So this was okay. a long time ago. Almost 200 years. And she is known. Look at you mathing. The other day I had to do some math and I was so off. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you think I'd be better with my job? <laughs> I do so much math on a daily basis. That's what calculators are for. I know. I always pull out my phone. My coworker, he's older. The other day, he was like, you're always on your phone. And I showed him. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's a calculator. I can do math. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, she is known as the mother of the American Valentine. So her father ran a stationary business, and she worked in it as a teenager. And her family is described as fairly feminist for the time. Like, she went to a seminary school that had only opened a few years previously for, like, women, and she was, like, one of the first women who went to it. Nice. And graduated. And her mom published a book about being an economical housekeeper, so it's kind of like a sexist book, but the fact that she published a book as a woman, a woman back then was yeah, huge. Yeah. yeah. So, Howland Esther, she received a beautiful Valentine's Day card with, like, a poem written on it one day, and she was like, wow, these are actually, like, becoming a thing. Like, people are giving these a little bit more and more. She began designing her own cards, and she actually created, like, this whole little setup where she hired a bunch of her friends and they all created like their own little valentine's day cards like samples and she sent these samples out to suppliers and she was only expecting to get like 200 dollars worth of orders that would still be a lot back then right right but she didn't expect a lot she got five thousand dollars worth of orders and she was like wow and just as a side note, in her 30s, she got injured and became wheelchair-bound, but that didn't stop her. So 
she created one of the first assembly lines to make her card production more efficient. And when she first started out, she would actually like even let women work from home because they were the moms and stuff. Yeah. So she would create these boxes and like say one of the women was in charge of making like the heart cutouts. She would like have a sample of what they need to do, the supplies. She would send it home with them and then pick it up a week later and then check their work. Another one would be given like lace to cut up, you know, stuff like that. And this was huge because back then, like, people didn't make accommodations like this, especially for women. And ultimately, her cards became so popular that she got a warehouse and she employed women and helped them gain financial freedom back then. And she paid them, like, a living wage and all this stuff. Where's her capitalist spirit? I know. She was amazing. (laughs) And all, well, no, not capitalist, <laughs> socialist, but all her yeah. cards were really elaborate. Some of them were like 3D and you'd open them up and stuff would pop out, you know, like they mm. still do that now. Yeah, yeah. And some of them had silk, some had lace. They were like the high end cards that just like became the thing. And there was an estimate that she was making between 25000 and $100,000 back then which today is between like 800,000 and 3 million. And it was like just unheard of for a woman to be making that much. And she never got married. She even took care of her dad when he got sick. Like there was jokes made that she was immune to the card she sold (laughs) and that it was hard for suitors to stomach her success and all this stuff you know yeah but she was a bad ass woman who made a name for herself created a company and it became the company and beyond the company she made this like a thing Mm -hmm. like that is the norm she like made it into a commercial thing like yeah. commercialized it like the idea of giving cards out mm-hmm. for like for romance yeah and she did like most of her work while in a wheelchair as well yeah very cool yeah and, and also <laughs> it reminds me of the the inventor who never married i'm like wow a lot of these women just when they make it super rich they're like i don't need no dude i know funny how that happens right yeah <laughs> i wonder if she still like had casual relationships I didn't see anything. People just kind of made fun of her for being a spinster. Mm. She ended up dying at the age of 75. And I don't know what happened to her money. Yeah. Dang, that's a shame. I would have liked to have known if she, what she did with it. I know. Because no kids, no husband, no parents. Siblings, maybe? Not that I read about. I don't think so. It was just her and her parents, yeah. If I was going out like that, I think I would do like... She probably did something crazy, like gave it to a union or something. That'd be, that'd be to insane. To help other people. You're supposed to put it all in a chest and then bury it and then leave <laughs> cryptic clues so that clever travelers and adventurers can find it one day. I love it. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of the, the Forest Finn treasure? treasure? Mm-mm. Oh, it, it was supposedly already discovered, but it was this rich guy. Apparently, he, he hid a treasure chest full of like things that would equal so many millions of dollars worth of in, in value. What? 
what? And he was he gave out clues over the years as to how to find it. Supposedly, someone found it just like last year. What? We missed out on it? We did. I, I, I remember talking to Travis, that's Danny's brother, about potentially going and looking for it. It was, I think it was supposedly like in the Rocky Mountains somewhere. Because part of the reason he set up this treasure hunt was because he wanted people to explore the outdoors more. Hmm. Um, but yeah, supposedly it was found already. Uh, the person didn't come forward because coming forward when you just made a bunch of money is exactly how you get oh, yeah. targeted. Yeah. So kudos on that person. Very cool. We should be treasure hunters. Oh, that is a thing. Yeah. Although some people just kind of stumble upon it. There was a case some years back of of, <laughs> no, no of a couple kids in uh, Italy, and they were like playing in the shallows of the beach, and they like stumbled upon a uh, like a, an old fashioned treasure chest that had like millions worth of doubloons or whatever in it. So one of my neighbors is a like low key treasure hunter. He like has his little. What's it oh, called? yeah, the metal detector. He has a metal detector and, like, goes and <laughs> searches for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time you find sadness. I know. Yeah. You don't even need to look for that, though. It's just there yeah. all the time. That could be a fun hobby, I suppose. You take a metal detector up in the woods. Or to the beach. I, I, I think everyone's done the beach already, though. Well, right, like I would people assume. like lose stuff, like rings That's and stuff. True. Yeah, just go, just go, pawn it all, it all off. <laughs> you know, I I would feel too bad. Like if if I found like a wedding ring. Oh yeah. But then how would you even begin to? I guess you could take to Facebook and say I'm looking for. It. But then someone could just say that was my ring, and then require proof. I guess like a receipt or something. One time I was walking. Uh, in a neighbor, not even a neighborhood, no. One time I was walking in a forest where I used to live and I found like $300 and I was like, what do I do with this? And I, as I was leaving the forest, there was a homeless guy and I just gave it to him. I was like, oh, I don't, do this. I don't want to keep it. I don't want to feel bad. I feel like this is blood money. I know. Who knows? Maybe that was from a, a murder for hire gone wrong mm. or right, depending on. You know. I know. Or like somebody who murdered somebody and then forgot to make it look like a mugging. Yeah. How do you how do you mess that up? How, like, if you're selfish enough and have that low, I like, have like no empathy, how do you just like not take? The, the, I don't know. Like, there was easy money to be had there. He probably has never killed some. Like, he's probably never killed somebody before. He's freaking out. He's like, somebody might have heard this. I don't know. I shot this guy six, six times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yup. Oh well. Well. Do you have any Valentine's Day plans? No, fortunately, I'm dating someone who doesn't like that it's a commercial holiday. Ugh, screw that commercialism. Yep. Uh, we, we might go up to the snow and... <gasps> that's what we were going to do. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But th that's about it. There's no big plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. You're going snow to the snow as well? Oh, yeah. No, we're going all out. We're renting this huge oh, no. Airbnb. We're going to make dinner. We're going to go... No, I'm kidding. Yeah, we're just going to oh. the <laughs> I believed really, you. <laughs> we don't really do anything. I was, like, I was like, I mean, your rent's cheap enough. Like, yeah, <laughs> you could do, totally splurge on that. No, nope, we we're just going to take anarchy. Oh, has he been in the snow before? Oh, yeah, he loves it. Oh. He's obsessed. I will see if I know how to post a video on Instagram with yeah. my thing to show. You, but. you better for our, for our 
dozens and dozens of followers. I'm really not that tech savvy, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah, what she said. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our live website. Yep, we have a working website now. It has pictures and everything. Stuff and things. It's Text. great. Yeah, Gabe made it all. It's amazing. I wrote it. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. Thanks.